Hello, welcome to episode two of Unseated, the international uh, tennis <laughs> podcast, as it turns out. Um, yeah, we have maybe. got listeners in the UK, obviously. Um, Germany, Finland, France, multiple listeners in France, and okay. Mexico and the US. So, yeah, we are truly international. Um, <laughs> first of it. all... I thought it'd be really fun because I currently work at a pub, but I'm not working there for much longer. And so I I, I, I recently uh, did my last ever pub quiz. I used to run the pub quiz. So in the most recent one, I decided to do a tennis round. So now oh. I thought it'd be really fun to test you on the tennis round. Oh, gosh, no. Yes. Let's see if you can get 10 out of 10. No, I won't. <laughs> Because if you don't get 10 out of 10, then we are truly an illegitimate podcast. Yeah, you're literally yes. like just putting me out like, <laughs> how do you say, living, it, living me out to dry or whatever. Like you're putting in evidence how poor my knowledge of tennis is. I'm leaving both of us out to dry because then... Um, if you don't get 10 out of 10, they might just be like, oh, what absolute joker is this man signed up to a podcast with? No. Uh, okay, so... I'll do a, te- a tennis quiz and see how you do. It's quite easy. It's quite easy. Bearing in mind, I was writing this for, like, people that aren't that into tennis. Yeah, but I feel like you would be mean and just, like, yeah. sneak in some, like, really, like, obscure, like, moments that nobody would know. Okay, so are you ready? Question number okay. one... Yes. Novak Djokovic recently won his 22nd Grand Slam. How many of these have been in Australia? That's how's the general population supposed to know this? Um, seven. Jesus Christ, it's ten. Oh, gosh, ten. Who was recently crowned? Not half. Half of Kinda. twenty-two is eleven. Yeah, um, and, and ten plus one is eleven. Well done. Question number two: Who was recently crowned the women's singles champion in the Australian Open? Oh my gosh, I always confuse her name. Um, it is Savalinka. Yes, I was well going to say Azarenka. They sound the same. Okay, but no. for number three, which Swedish tennis player won 11 Grand Slam singles titles between 1974 and 1981? That is obscure. I did not sign up for this. Swedish. Is it a man or a woman? It's a man. Hmm, it's Swedish. Okay, I feel like I need to just... This is, this is bad. Bjorn Borg, for Christ's sake. He's Swedish? Yes. I thought he was German. Okay, for number four, Andy Murray played the longest match of his career at this Australian Open. Who was his opponent? Oh. <laughs> this is really bad. Wait, did, did people actually know these things? Well... No, Embarrassingly for you, there's there's people that turned up to this pub quiz that knew more than you about tennis, and you are the yeah, but host did, did of most a tennis people podcast. Do? <laughs> I feel like most people would. Wait, I do know the Andy one. He played against Felix. 
Tenasi Kokonakis, for Christ's sake. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that much. Okay. <laughs> but number five, you, you're currently on one point. But number five, <laughs> what term is used when the score is tied at 40 all? Deuce. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 the level that I was expecting throughout the whole the whole thing. Well, it's clearly the level that you're at. You know um, what? I'm making it a quiz for next week. I'll see, okay. I'll see how you do. Okay. For number six, how many Grand Slam singles titles does Serena Williams have? Twenty one. Twenty three. Yes, 23. Well done. But number seven now. <laughs> what are the two hardcore Grand Slams? Okay. That is... Two hardcore Grand Slams. I know. US Open and Australian Open. Yes. Okay. How, how do you put that question? And then some, like, obscure... What was the... What was, the, what was your first question? The first question was... How many Grand Slams has Novak Djokovic won in Australia? Yeah, who knows that? Well, you I know Nadal's, I know Federer's, like Roland Garros. You know that. Okay, so who is the British number one male tennis player? Right now? Yes. Hmm. Actually, I don't know. It's Cam Norrie. But you have another one that's quite good. Jack something? Jack Draper. Yeah. Yeah. Question number nine. At which royal palace would you find a real tennis court? At which royal palace? Would you find a real tennis court? The only royal palace I know is Buckingham. Okay, so Hampton Court. You can go play real tennis. Um, Where? Hampton Court. It's it's somewhere near London. I've only been there once in my life, to be honest. Gosh. And now question number 10. At which tournament did Roger Federer retire last year? So it must have been Australian. He wasn't at Wimbledon. No, it's the Labour Cup, you melon. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like Grand Slam. No. But that Labour Cup doesn't really count. It doesn't give you a No, point. but it's a tournament. Is it? Barely. So like how many exhibition? did you got? You got one, <laughs> two, three... Out of ten. So the- I'll make my quiz next week. I've already introduced the podcast, but I'll do it again. Welcome to Unseeded, the um international tennis podcast with me, Robert, and my co-host Fernanda, who knows nothing about tennis clearly. No, um, she knows normal things and enjoys watching and playing tennis, but it does not memorize facts for a living. Well, I mean, you'd, you'd hope you knew some of these things. You know, anyway. you, know, you know the kind of people who memorise quotes just to, like, tell them to random people at parties? That's not me. I do apologise. I, I do apologise to you because I know that this was very much a surprise. I, yeah, I, you said a surprise. I thought it was something good. We, we, we had a little meeting before, the, um, before we started recording and I did not say anything about this. Still, just wait still. for next week's quiz. I, I am waiting. Um, so now we're moving on to what the whole point of this podcast is today, which is talking about breakpoint. I know we're about three, four weeks behind every other tennis podcast that probably talks about uh, breakpoint when it say. first came out. I was supposed to rewatch all of them today. 
Um, because I watched them when they came out and I did not do that because I got distracted by watching The Last of Us. Priorities. Um, yes, I know. I'm sorry. But we're not being paid for this podcast yet. So I, I feel like I can... Uh... <laughs> and you are being paid to watch The Last of Us. <laughs> no, I'm not being paid to watch The Last of Us. <laughs> it's better La- Pascal, like, you're just, like, giving you a little something on the side. <laughs> well, I mean, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> well, that's that. That's everyone a little something, doesn't he? Oh. Yeah. But yeah, so no, the... Um, yeah. Moving on from The Last of Us, yes. So I, I, I had to quickly go back and just make sure that I got all the... Uh, the breakpoint episodes in the right order but yeah breakpoint and it like um <clears throat> was it good i really liked it actually um i really enjoyed it i think many well, i mean obviously the whole point was like seeing behind the scenes and what they what players things and stuff so it was quite at least for me like gave me a new perspective of like you know, because you see these players like on court and they all seem so larger than life, you know? I mean, you see them behind like everything, like after the spotlight in their like hotel rooms and stuff. And they look so, they look so human. And I do think that it made like a really good point of showing how after all, like they're athletes and they're like the best, you know, at what they do but they're still like just people and they're gonna have like the same struggles that we all do like insecurities and anxiety and stuff like that so and how they handle pressure which is a big part of it for them for their job i don't know it just i, I really liked it i thought it was I, th- I think it would be really um interesting to see if they ever do this because i don't know if they will but like to see how the big three or the big four, like, well, I guess Andy Murray wouldn't be there anymore, but, or Roger Federer, oh my gosh, he wouldn't be there. But like, yeah, big if, two. <laughs> yeah, big two. Maybe they could bring Serena Williams because they did that with Sharapova. Um, but like how they actually went through stuff like that, because I think it would be a, a, an interesting, like, difference in like players that are just starting to like you know gain like notoriety and like winning stamps and stuff and players who already been through all of that how how different the pressure and like the anxiety is that's the thing with um breakpoint though is they were they were following supposedly like next generation of tennis stars to see who takes the um takes the crown whatever you, the way you want to put it of who's going to who's going to fill this space i mean andy roddick basically explicitly says it at some point early on it's like got the year of novak rafa roger and serena who's going to come next but i mean i've got in my my notes for this for for this recording of this podcast i've got rafa equals thanos what so this is i don't know why i phrased it like that but have you seen avengers endgame do i look like a nerd to you of course no okay so there is a moment where thanos just goes i am inevitable he's the big bad guy okay the villain yes he just goes i am inevitable and that was the sense i got from Rafael nadal in this series of breakpoint it's like (laughs) 
<laughs> it was the you villain. got all these younger tennis players coming to try and come through and, and win a tournament. You like and, then you, to and, the, and then you've just Everyone got Rafael Nadal just like <laughs> rocking up and beating them, basically. But yeah, so um, so episode one was Nick Kyrgios. I don't have much to say about this episode, to be honest, because I think we've been there and seen it before with Nick Kyrgios. I think everything that he says in this episode is everything that he said in a press conference before. <clears throat> he's not... Well, that's the thing about Kyrgios, that he's a very open person. So, I mean, it's not that everyone else is hiding things, but he's just... What you would expect? Yeah, he's 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 the. I mean, I'm doing fair commas with my fingers here. It's it's like he's the bad boy of tennis, and also that first episode. I mean, I mean, like Jesus Christ, they they explain to us the score scoring system of tennis like twice within the first five minutes, and they did it particularly poorly. They also explained um, the curious girlfriend. Who, I know. By that point, I hope already knew how it worked because I would be concerned if she didn't but also the way they explain it it's just like oh it's the first to six games well ish well, ish I mean, that's a simplified version you're not going to explain to her like everything explain to her tie breaks tie breaks I'm are the sure by now best she, she knows <laughs> tie breaks are the best part of tennis so obviously episode two was Berrettini and Tomjanovic I think yeah. the the biggest thing we learned from this is um, you you can't interrupt Berrettini whilst he's doing an interview for ESPN. No. He, no. He's the priority here. <laughs> that is the priority. Um, I love you and all that, but uh, can you make sure you leave? Yeah, um, it's it's yeah. why why even share a room like. They, are, so they, they, they were they are I don't know I don't know their current relationship I know but you can you can get like a join rooms is that what you call it a like, suite no but like you know there's rooms that everyone has their own room and you have a door and like you go through that door between the rooms and I then you're like sweet no isn't it sweet when you have like a, a living room and stuff Maybe, but it's, it's like you're just thinking about like combining two bedrooms. Yeah, but I mean they are. I'm not prof- thinking; it is a thing. <laughs> I know, but they are professional tennis players at a high level. I'm sure they can afford a suite. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm saying, why didn't they do that instead of like sharing the big suite or whatever that's called? Well, because maybe they both thought they'd be out in the early rounds. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> what, considering what kind of thinking is. <laughs> Who thinks like, oh yeah, I'll probably I'll probably lose in the first round, so and then a nice comment from your boy from Barrettini. I'm I mean, still in the Australian Open. Um, so I think the most interesting part of this episode is there is definitely one moment at the end where they're like, it is very weird being in the last stages of a major tournament like that. It's because all the other tennis players have left by this point is you're the only ones you're one of the only ones still knocking around the um the complex going around the practice courts being in the hotels or whatever so it is really quite weird you know what i felt with these players that they feel really uncomfortable like doing well like um i mean the last episode casper rude 
when he played the final. And then Felix Ojalasin playing against Nadal, which wasn't the final, but it was like semis or quarters. I don't know. Yeah, remember. I know, but I, I think that there's something else going on with Kasparud and and Nadal. There is like a real inferiority complex. There really is. Did you notice that as well? Because it's like, I mean, I think I touched on this in the in the last episode where it's like but yeah, like Casper Rouge growing up had posters of Nadal on his wall. And, yeah, but and I it, mean, and it's like, but yeah, the, no, there's an inferiority complex. It's like that's the Casper Rouge thing. Like that, that's Casper Rouge issue thing. because Alcaraz was the same, and he's he's so yeah, unafraid. In, interestingly, with Alcaraz, I know this might be just the thing that he does to try and limit the comparisons between him and Rafael Nadal because yeah, let's face it which is impossible yeah he, there are always going to be comparisons between the two of them both of them winning grand slams when they're that age they're both spanish whatever yeah Alcaraz quite similar often, style as well but Alcaraz has often cited that he is more Federer yeah uh, he looks up to Federer more and I think you can see that in some aspects of his game let's say yeah Roger was his idol he's still really like Nadal he's talked about it like mm. Nadal was still one and being Spanish do you do you not think that Nadal was like ingrained in his brain since like birth that this is like our you know he's like a well, national well, I, icon I, 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 well, I think we'll see. I, from what I've I've seen from the the trailers for the next part of of Breakpoint is they do actually follow Carlos Alcaraz. But that third episode, though, the most interesting part was Maria Sakari. I thought, um, mm, yeah, especially the way she talks about the semi final that she lost in the French Open, where she had match points, lost it, told her team that she was retiring from tennis. And then didn't, but then you get to episode five and the whole thing is about Roland Garros and it's, yeah. and it's, yeah. I, but I, I think that Felix Ojalasin's episode was quite interesting, especially with the whole Tony Nadal fiasco, <laughs> which was just, oh my gosh. I mean, I... I remember it happening, but it's so much worse. <laughs> I, rem I, I remember it happening, and I remember the discussions around Tony Dadao coaching um, Felix Ojeda-Alissim, and I always was like, this seems weird. Yeah. And I mean, then, you, know, the you know what the weirdest part for me was? That he said, oh, obviously I'm going to support my nephew because, you know, he's my nephew and I want him to win. And then Felix's team was like, Oh well, we knew he would if if I were to like play against Nadal, we knew that's how he would feel. You know, that's the insanity. Why would you hire someone who's not gonna root for you? Exactly. You want a coach that is going to want you to win every tennis match. And the the thing that I forgot, and then obviously this this showed it to me, is I, I was always aware of the fact that that Tony Nadal did this weird thing where he sat in the middle of these these of, of the two player boxes. Basically, he just sat as far forward as he could on on Shatria and right in the middle, like behind the baseline. 
And then he does that for the first four sets. And then when it goes to the fifth set, he just, <laughs> he goes away. He, he leaves. And it's just like, how, how? Yeah, that was so disrespectful to Philip. How is this man a professional coach? Obviously, he knows a lot about tennis and he knows how to coach winners. He, he's coached Nadal for so long and Nadal became a great champion of the yeah, sport. Yeah, but let's give Nadal but, some credit as well. He's got like, yeah. unmatchable talent. So Yeah, I mean, but I would not be hiring Tony Nadal as a coach until Rafael Nadal is no longer on the tour. Exactly. I do think like both parties are at fault here. Like mm. Tony Nadal for being who he is, you know, and just like even like saying I want Nadal to win. Like even if you think like if you you, you can think yes I want him to win. You don't say that to people. You can Knowing... say all these things privately, but then saying them in public. <laughs> And then did you see when Nadal won? That people were congratulating him? Yeah. They were like, oh, well done. I was like, well done. What did he do? Like, congratulations. And he was like, oh, thank you. And I was like, what? Well, like, I feel like he did Felix so wrong. Yeah, no. Incredibly disrespectful. But it's also his fault. Because why would you want to work with someone who has, like, other interests? Hmm. You know, like, that. yeah. That makes no sense. Obviously, we sort of skipped over episode three, and I don't mind skipping over episode three, to be honest. It's about Indian Wells. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, with uh, Taylor Fritz. Yeah, Taylor Fritz, Maria Zachary. Zachary was the Taylor interesting Zachary. part, which we mentioned. But yeah. episode four I found particularly interesting, which was folks around Madrid, which was Paola Bedosa oh, um, yeah. and Angebur, mostly. A little bit of Jessica Pagula. Um, I really like, uh, I, I hadn't, like, you know, <laughs> I was going to say, I hadn't gotten to know Paola Vadosa. <laughs> That's good, obviously, like, <laughs> we're friends. Um, but, like, you know, I've never, like, seen her interviews and stuff. She she looks really... Um, she's really I'm interesting. Friendly, but, yeah, like, um, she looks, she's, like, very, I don't know, put together, like, you know. Really, really interesting as well because obviously as they, as they touch upon in this episode is she is a she won the French Open Juniors and then transitioned into professional tour didn't quite get the result she was wanting for such a long time and then it was the back end of 2021 when she won Indian Wells sort of delayed wasn't it because it was the Indian Wells that happened right at the end of the year because of covid still hmm. and then um obviously she went into madrid as the as the world number two number one seed because sviontek wasn't playing at the time and really fascinating because obviously the amount of pressure that's been on her for a long time to deliver and she does talk about it she talks about openly talking about depression yeah stuff like that and then as well, I think another really interesting conversation that happens in this episode is on Jabir when she's talking to, I believe, her husband about that, like, they would like kids, but to have kids and be on the women's tour oh, means yeah. Yeah. you have to take up. 
yeah, you have to take a significant amount of time off. For a woman. Yeah. Because you did that make that pretty clear. Like, guys can have kids and just, you know. Carry on, yeah. Yeah, they can be there, like, <laughs> 20 minutes after the kid was born. As a woman, you can, you have to take at least a year. And then getting back to that level, it's almost impossible, to be fair. Yeah. I think it's only, what, two or three women who's, who have done that? Like, gone back to, like, professional, like, tennis after giving birth. Hmm. So it's yeah. not very common. No, it's not common at all. It's and so it's yeah, obviously what Anja Burr talks about with the with the sacrifice that you have to to make. I I thought that like I I found episode four probably the most insightful mm-hmm. into the mentality of a tennis player when like with Bedosa talking about the early pressures of her career, and then Jabur. I mean, as well when Jabur goes into her coaching team with deciding to go for an all Tunisian coaching team and people saying that's not the route to success and then she has made a success of it obviously she's yet to win a major but she came close she came close at Wimbledon definitely winning the first set of that final I I really like like Anjaba's like episode because she she does say something very true like coming from Tunisia a place where you know, tennis is not, you're not going to compare that to like the US, the UK, even like Australia or like Spain, places where tennis is actually like a sport that gets, you know, that there's some investments in, like you have like free tennis courts here in the UK. You don't have that in other countries. It's so hard to get into tennis in other, like other types of countries. A tennis player from Tunisia, like, Who's gonna like that's unheard of, you know? And even with all of that, like the lack of support from not only your country but like your community, she managed to like, you know, be in a in a grandstand final. That's so unbelievable. I don't think people like realize how hard it is at for everyone, but especially for people who are not supported from and who don't come from like that background because that those are things that people really give up like they take for granted you mm. know just being able to like play randomly on a court yeah i mean i grew up in in london and literally behind my house we have a public park that has three tennis courts that are free to use i mean they are dog shit I'm not gonna lie <laughs> well, they're um, there. <laughs> but they are there that's the that's the thing um and tennis is an easy sport to get into. Uh, well, mm. I mean, there are some financial burdens because at the end of the day, you do need to be able to buy a racket. You need to... Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to start competing, there are so many financial hurdles you have to get over, whether it's travelling to competitions, all these sort of things. But if you're starting off in a country like the UK compared to somewhere else, it is considerably easier definitely there's a lot more tournaments that take place in the uk as well that you can that you can yeah. start off in but yeah no so episode four i thought was perhaps the most fascinating but obviously we've already spoken about episode five and we've already made our feelings <laughs> clear on tony nadal and whatever was going on there but i think it's 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 interesting to go back into to casper rude mm, yeah. because he has got a nadal problem 
I think this was. Uh, I don't. The, yeah, I don't know if it's a Nadal problem or like a Kasparov problem. I think it's a Nadal problem because I, I, I mean, it'd be interesting. When has he played um, Novak? That would be an interesting. Whether it's whether it is a like a big three problem. I I do think it's more of a big three because he said something that really like shocked me okay no but to be fair so i've just gone back to the atp finals final that was Djokovic against rude that was uh seven five six three that's not Mm. like a horrendous scoreline but didn't uh rude lose six love in the final in the final set of this but you know there's several things with rude first that he was in the Rafa Nadal Academy. He played with Nadal. He, he, still, like, he still trains there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I think like there's that like power, you know, play that where like you see, I'm not saying Nadal was his coach because obviously he wasn't, but you see like your icon and then you get close to him. Like you're in his academy. You get to like play with him sometimes. And then you encounter him in a final. That's such a big switch for him. Nadal is obviously used to it. He doesn't care. But for him, for Casper Ruud, it's so like, so what are you? Like, you're you're my icon and then you were like, kind of like in my academy, like training me and now you're my opponent. Like, what, how is he supposed to like, you know, divide all of those feelings? But also, and I'm going to say this is not entirely an adult problem i think he said um everyone thinks that you know athletes or tennis players i don't know think think of themselves as champions and or they have to and that's not necessarily true so he doesn't really think he can he didn't think he could win Mm. that that's what i got from his interaction from that episode like he went to that final feeling lucky yeah, he was like, lucky I'm so lucky final, to be yeah. in the final. Like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. He didn't want it. Like, he was like, I'm, I'm good. I'm in the final. That's, that's enough for me. So yeah, I mean that mentality is not very. It's not gonna take you so far, especially playing against Nadal. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Yeah, you. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It's like he was in that final because it wasn't just like that was just another stepping stone to lift the trophy it was like the the achievement itself was being in the final yeah and i mean i've got to say i think this is one of the funniest moments of the entire series where uh you've got both of them waiting to go on to shatria and you've got nadal running up and down <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that I, little uh, corridor, and then, and then you just got Casper Rue just stood there, like. <laughs> is it time to go on you? I think that's just how, where the mind games begin with Nadal, because he did the, the same exact thing to Felix Auger soon. He does it to everyone, like yeah, I, I mean, but he, he knows what he's doing. But he, he he does it before he goes on to any court. Like there's that great moment of when he's uh, <laughs> going going on to like Wimbledon centre court or something. He accidentally jumps too high and knocks his head on the door frame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like that's that's where the mind games begin with him. Because obviously you do that to Djokovic, even like older players who are not maybe like, no, I don't know, Babrinka or something like that. They're probably not going to be so, you know, they're going to be like, okay, 
Oh yeah, no. But you're I, doing to I, younger I, players, and you know what you're doing. I I fully imagine like Rafa compared to the other members of the big three. If if you've got Roger there in the uh, waiting to go onto the onto the court, he's not running up and down the corridor. Exactly. He's, he's no. There. Yeah, but it's it's part of the Rafa thing, isn't it? I guess it is. Yeah. This episode really epitomizes my my Rafa equals Thanos theory. If anything, <laughs> Rafael Nadal in this series is like Jaws, like the shark. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he did really well in this series. Because and, and nobody was following him. He should have been nobody the star. Was following him. Yeah, no, we're, we're following all these these younger players who's going to be the next generation. And you've got Nadal in the background just casually coming through and winning the whole thing. Yeah. And it's just like... And I think you're going to get a sense of that in the next part when they go to Wimbledon because they're not they're not following Djokovic. They're following Kyrgios again, I believe, in that Wimbledon. And Djokovic yeah. is just going to turn up and win it. You know, and the I think this is the problem with Breakpoint at the moment is this generation of tennis players that are supposed to take over, we don't necessarily know yet who are going to be the ones. And even on the women's side of the tour at the moment, where it feels slightly more certain now, if you look at the rankings where you've got Igor Sviontek, who is thousands of points ahead, there are other players on that tour still that you think could definitely win majors. It's like, I see Bianca Andreescu winning more majors. Arena Sabalenka now winning. If she can hit that at multiple tournaments, she's going to win. But then you've got other players like Emma Raducanu, clearly at her best is going to win major tournaments. So it, it just feels like at the moment, there's not a certainty of who's going to come next. On the men's side, that's even more drastic because the old guard is still winning. It's always been like that. I know, but it's the old guard is still winning. So who is going to be the next the next? set of champions yeah um that's that's what i was thinking like i mean do we have to put an asterisk next to alcaraz's <laughs> win at the us open because Djokovic wasn't there i mean i i think he deserved it anyway like i mean I, i'm not gonna say he would have won against Djokovic, but i think that's no asterisk is needed for that but what i was thinking is um you know netflix obviously known for cancelling things after one like one season or two is that is the focus of like who's going to be the next one like wrong because they're like you know the generations are already like you we're we're skipping ahead because you know Berrettini is like what 25 something around that age that's the generation he's, he's, Dimitrov he's, and that generation he, that's even even older yeah no uh, Berrettini fits into this sort of Zverev, Tsitsipas, Medvedev, this this bracket, I think. <clears throat> yeah, but then now you have Alcaraz and Sinner and, yeah. like, younger players. And, I mean, nobody's winning. So yeah. you're, you're saying, like, who's the... Who's the... Who's the guy? Who are the guys that are... Who's the generation? Because yeah. I don't see anyone stepping up. 
Alcaraz, um, maybe. I I mean, Alcaraz is the only one, but that's not generation. That's he's gonna have to be like the the lonely, yeah, the I only mean, person. I feel like Ojer Ali Asim, Felix. He's he's often been talked about in in the past as like he's gonna be there, but it's yeah. he, it is very slow progress that he's getting to this point. I also think they overhype players which is counterproductive because that's just more stress yeah i i mean we're gonna we're gonna see aren't we i don't know if we will see i i i hope well, I we mean, do I, I, we, we we need to see someone at some point because inevitably rafael nadal and novak Djokovic are going to retire from the sport yes so but... some people are going to have to win grand slam i just think the atp is going to turn into the wta in a, oh, that probably, it's gonna be so anyone could win you know we're gonna have a chaos period for a bit on yeah. the ATP like we've had on the WCA side yeah I mean I think it's starting to settle down a little bit so we're just gonna have to see we're gonna have to, oh, who knows <laughs> who knows who knows who will be the guys I mean well who knows if we'll if we'll see Roger at Wimbledon this year I mean not see but here now that is an excellent transition thank you so from going to talk about netflix we're now going to talk about the bbc thank you for that um yes so that was that was the news wasn't it the exclusive telegraph scoop that roger federer is in talks to be a pundit on bbc's wimbledon cover advanced talks yes um yeah uh, to be a bbc wimbledon pundit which i mean obviously would be nice because who doesn't want to see roger federer appear on the television um, at, Wimbledon. <laughs> at Wimbledon, yeah. I mean, um, my mum was complaining the other day that they're coming back something to do with Autumn Watch, one of these animal programmes. And I imagine that that's because they're having to use that money to fund uh, <laughs> Roger bringing Roger Federer to the BBC. Bring Roger Federer to the screen. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean... I'd be happy with it. He'd be an excellent pundit. He knows how to win. Um, I would be interested to see him uh, be a pundit for um, Novak Djokovic's inevitable levelling of his record at Wimbledon this year. Um, Uh, uh, Let's not not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, but it's going to happen, let's face it. Not necessarily. I still believe in the next, 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 next gen. Anyway, other tennis news. Alicia Parks winning in Lyon. Um, very impressive coming through against Caroline Garcia in the final. Mm. The uh, French crowd were definitely not on the side of the American. Um, <laughs> well, why would they? <laughs> and then uh, Zhu Lin in Thailand winning her first uh, title, I believe, at the age of 29. So that's very impressive, Mm. especially after such a good um, run at the Australian Open. Um, But yeah, I don't know what else there is left to talk about. I I probably could have gone into more depth with with Breakpoint if I had watched it more recently than when it came out. I think we went, we talked enough about it. I mean, there's not much... They're pretty repetitive, the, the episodes, in that most players are, like, experiencing the same things, so... 
I you know, but the names. It, it, it's just I feel like at the moment I probably could have spoken about an extra hour about The Last of Us than I could have done Breakpoint after watching that. I also think episodes shouldn't be that long because like <laughs> nobody needs to hear us talk about something for five hours. <laughs> I know, but you've got to understand the amount of audio that I deleted from from the last episode. Exactly. Uh, so now no. you will have to delete less. Well, it depends because most of this audio could be shit. I don't know. I think we, we have some strong points. Maybe we'll have a 20-minute podcast. Hey. Maybe. And maybe that's what the listeners will prefer. We don't know. We yet we to get any for. feedback. Um <laughs> If you want to give us feedback, actually, <laughs> we now have a Twitter account, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. which we didn't do when we last recorded. Um, I believe the Twitter is just at Unseeded Pod. I'm recording yes, it off it the top is. of my head. Yep. Um, you can contact us there, and there's a link to our email address in there as well. If you want to send an even longer form complaint, um, complaint. <laughs> Suggestions. <laughs> suggestions, yes. <laughs> Complaint suggestions. Yeah. They're compliments. typically the same things. Yeah, compliments, yes, yeah, send your send your best compliments. Um yeah, no. Uh, so I think we covered breakpoint. Um we didn't we didn't cover it in a particularly coherent order. Um yeah, but uh, I mean it's nice to be chaotic once in a while. Yes. I think that might be what defines the early stages of this podcast. <laughs> chaos um i think we had we had like some sort of order in our minds <laughs> i frequently brought up my rafa equals thanos theory yeah um we got some recent tennis news out as well which was good um well, yeah i think uh, rogers yeah yeah roger at the beat don't worry we, we managed to mention roger federer that's good yeah i can leave I know. for another week yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll mention him next week as well. We will. We will have to. He's just because... always there. He's like God, you know? He's everywhere. Uh, Tennis uh, God. I'm gonna leave. I'm actually I cut that <laughs> I cut out that last week. <laughs> I cut out a line where she said that last week and I'm I'm gonna leave it in this time. Um you Yeah, no, I one hundred percent will anyway. I'm sure everyone agrees. What's happening at the moment is I'm being incredibly shit at ending this podcast. So I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna wrap it up now. So thank you for listening. We will be back next week. No idea what we're gonna be talking about. Um probably oh, Roger Federer. There will be a quiz that we know. There will be a quiz where I will be quizzed um and aiming to get better than was it three out of ten? Um please tune in next week to Unseeded, the international tennis podcast. I'm sticking with international. Um because <laughs> we technically are. Um and yeah, we we will see you next week um for what I'm sure will be an exciting ride through the world of tennis with yes. one person that doesn't know a single thing, it turns out, about tennis. One person who will rather experience tennis instead of memorizing every single little fact. She's here for the vibes. Um, and, and Roger. <laughs>
See you. See you next week. Thank you Bye. for listening. As always, please do rate us on podcasting platforms um, because you can do that on Apple Podcasts. It turns out straight Spotify. away. Spotify. You need to apparently listen to two episodes, but oh, now yeah. we have two episodes, so Yay. you can rate us. <laughs> so it works goodbye. Out. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Rate us highly and share us where you can because we need all the help we can get. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>